Good morning. My name is Michael, and I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and we're very excited to have all of you with us here on this uh, holiday weekend, uh, this wonderful Sunday morning. Once again, this is an extra credit Sunday, so well done. Um, This video and song, this is one of Ross King's new songs, newer songs, and uh, I don't know if I've ever called one of Ross's songs beautiful. Um, I I don't know why, but this song just for me is is beautiful. Um, It really kind of comes out to me as a beautiful song and the video that we that we played with it has absolutely nothing uh, to do with the song it was maybe our attempt to get you to think about this the words of the song the song in a different way in a different light there, there is one uh, image that really jumped off at me the first time I saw this and it was very it was towards the end I don't know if you remember the the guy who was really feeling it with his little Tom Cruise glasses on, um, you know, the mirror sunglasses, uh, right before him, uh, there was a picture of these boys and they were Hispanic boys and they had, some of them had their arms up, but they all had these incredible smiles on their faces. I don't know if you remember that image. What struck me about it was the words that were going with it at the time that image came up because we didn't choose this because it fit with the words. We just chose it because it was an abstract beautiful video as well as a beautiful song. And, and the words that came up when those boys came up was, let all the world fear the Lord. And I was thinking about it because when you, when you do this stuff, of course, you want, you want things to fit. You know, oh, it's going to be perfect. Bam. And as, as the music swells and changes, there's a dramatic pan left, you know, or something like that. And, and then these boys come up who are just joy cross their face and it's let all the world fear the Lord. And, and I was thinking that's beautiful. That is a beautiful image to put with those words. And you may say, why? Well, we in modern Christianity have over the past many decades said, you must fear God because you're going to burn in hell. If you don't, you're a horrible person. You're a sinner. You're worth nothing. Only through Christ can you be saved. Fear of the Lord is a dark image, a mean, kind of almost angry image when you say fear God. I think the truth is that fearing God releases you, that the fear of God is a respect and a love of the Lord. And with that respect of God and that love of God comes true joy. And true freedom. So when I saw that picture of those boys just so joyful and it's like fear the Lord, I was like, man, that's it. That's it. They get it. A respect of God, a fear of God brings release from this world and of movement into something greater. And so I thought it was just a perfect blending of image and words. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you saw something different in that video. You know, it really was kind of just a a creative way, if you will, to experience a song, to experience words that led you through an image. Maybe it conjured up something in your own mind. You know, we are creative people, the human race. We're creative little suckers, aren't we? We're always doing stuff, always tinkering, always doing things because we are creative People. Now, some of you may be disagreeing with me in your head. 
No, I'm not a creative person. How many of you are scared by the lines in a coloring book? You know what I'm saying? You have to color inside the lines and you're like, whoa. Thank you, Cooper, the only person who's man enough to admit it. A little Cooper Beal up front. Yeah, there are people who, my brother-in-law, Jeff, uh, who plays on the worship team usually, stands right here and plays. Um, He's not here this weekend, so I get to talk about him. He, uh, I don't know if you ever notice, sometimes when he's not singing and he's like playing, sometimes he plays something different than Daryl, and it's like a picking part where he's trying to pick something out. If you look at him closely, because of my beard, you can't really tell, but he'll do this. His tongue goes up over his lip. He sticks his tongue out over over his lip. When he's really concentrating, if you ever, everybody stare at him next time he's up here, that'll be great. But, but he does that when he, when he concentrates and there's a story from his childhood that his mom has told us about when um, he would color because Jeff was very concerned about coloring inside the lines, that little black line that defined what the art was on that page. He would stick his tongue out. And in fact, in elementary school, his, his lips became so chapped because he was constantly doing this little number that she would always have to take care of his lips because of his concentration, because he was trying to, you know, make the art that was determined by the black lines on the page. I mean, I think the world has, has put us into this box that art is inside the black lines. Whatever, whatever the world tells us that art is, the black lines stay inside of that. That's where you dwell. Now, Jeff's a lot more creative of a person than staying inside the lines. He's very musical and he has such a creative side to him. But but I think what it says is I think all of us find ourselves at one time or another in this box that this is who you are as a person. You're an accountant. Get over it. You're not a creative person. You dwell inside the lines of numbers. You're a doctor. You're not creative. You're fact-driven. You dwell inside the lines of this book. But I don't think that's who we are as people. I don't think that's who God created us to be. If you have your Bibles, open up to Genesis chapter 1. That is right after nothing. The contents. Table of contents. Genesis chapter 1. Took some of y'all a little longer to get that. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make people in our image to be like ourselves. They will be masters over all life. I love that. (laughs) The fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the livestock, wild animals and small animals. So God, listen to this. So God created people in his own image. God patterned them after himself. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and told them, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Be masters over the fish and birds and all the animals. And God said, look, I have given you the seed-bearing plants throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given all the grasses and other green plants to the animals and the birds for their food. And so it was. Then God looked over all he had made and saw that it was excellent in every way. This all happened on the sixth day. On the sixth day, God created people in his image. Man and woman, the creator of all things, created us in his image. Now, you can extrapolate theologically for days and weeks and months about what that means. What is the image of God? But I believe that if you are created in the creator's image, then there must be inside of you at the core of who you are a creativity that must express itself. 
At the very core of who you are is God. You are created in the image of God. And so because of that, the creator of all things dwelling inside of you, you are a creative person by the very nature. You may not agree with me. Your spouse may not agree with me. Your friends may not agree with me. Your art teacher in high school may vastly be against this. But you are a creative person. You were created to create. I am a, uh, I'm a closet painter. I, I mean, I, I don't go in and paint closets. Um, I have done that uh, from time to time. But I, am a pa- I, I deem myself to be an oil painter extraordinaire. I, uh, I believe I have the abilities to be online with some of the greats. But you've never seen anything I've done. In fact, very few people have. Quite honestly, I've I've actually only ever painted four things. But I'm a master at those four. I just feel this urge and this desire to to paint. I, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know if it's like this call from the Renaissance that's beckoning me back to a, to something that I long to be a part of. But I, I have this, I don't know, some of you, there's, you've seen my work. It's not that bad. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. I, I, I wanted to be a painter so much that my mom uh, got me this whole set uh, not too long ago, about, about two years ago. She got me this big set. Of, uh, it's an easel with all these paints in it, uh, some canvases, all these brushes. This, if you want to be an oil painter, here you go, son. This is what you do. There you go. Be, be an oil painter. Because my mom has dreamed for the day that one of her three children would be creative and artistic in some way. And, and so I have this whole set of things that still resides in the box that it came in next to my desk. Because for some reason, I just... Uh, even though I have this desire to do it and I have these visions of things that I could paint, I just, I don't know, I, something holds me back telling me, but you're not a, an artist. You're not someone who paints. So go ahead and do the other things that you do. And it kind of makes me sad sometimes when I sit there and I look at that box. It kind of just depresses me a little bit. That Maybe I'm not living into something that God wants me to be. Not that my paint is going to change the world. And as soon as I bring up one of my paintings, you will all know Jesus Christ better. That's, you know, I, I paint it and like, oh, I get it now. I understand the entire Bible. Not that that's necessarily what will happen, but maybe there's something in it that God wants to do in my life through the painting. And, and while I repress this creativeness that maybe God has put into my life, maybe I'm repressing God. I'm creative in other ways. I believe I'm creative with words that some of the things I write and some of the things I say, I believe that God has given me the gift to to weave different things together in a creative and telling way. But still, I feel like there's something that I'm just I'm just missing. I don't know if you've ever had this urge, and it's not just in painting or in music. You know, Daryl's creative musically. I mean, I I know we know Daryl writes some great songs. Some great lyrics. A few uh, corporate worship Sundays ago, the first one, if you were here, we went through this practice of Dayenu prayer. You you might remember that Daryl led us to this Dayenu prayer. God, if you had just done this, it would have been enough. 
if you had just done this, it would have been enough, but you didn't. You went further. That whole process of praying to God in that form. Daryl went home um, that evening and emailed to a few of us the lyrics for this song that he wrote that evening about the process of Dayunu prayer. And then by the time I got to work the next morning, he had sat down and recorded um, the song to go with it um, and, and sang it and emailed it out to a few of us to, to get our thoughts about it. Just, I'm like, how do you do that? How do you sit down and just think of these, these words to weave together this, this story of Dayanu and, and the music to go with it? That's amazing. It blows my mind to think of that. This, this guy, and I'm going to call you out since you didn't support me earlier, this guy right here in the front row, his name's Philip. He's huge. He's enormous. He's a big guy. He is a teacher, but he is one of the greatest artists I know. For um, my birthday, I think it was, he painted a picture of Grace, my daughter. We had a Christmas card years ago that was uh, before Corbin came along um, that was Grace in this chair, and he captured her face. And if you come to our house, it's, as soon as you walk in the front door, you'll see it next to the one of Ted Williams that he did for me also. <clears throat> That's another story. But it's just this beautiful representation of, of Grace, and, and I think the thing that people are most astonished by are, are her eyes. The way this big, huge guy who who competes in the Scottish Highland Games, that's right, he's like number one in the state of Texas for throwing the caper. Yeah. Capture the eyes of my daughter on a canvas. This creativity that just flows. Why? Because God created him and created all of us to be a creative person. And you're thinking to yourself, but I'm not creative in that way. You're right, you probably aren't. But you might be that accountant who is creative with numbers. Not in a legal sort of way. (laughs) That lawyer, you're all creative, aren't you? God may have given you this creative ability to create something where you are. So often we just miss it because the, the world has given us these black lines and said, stay inside the lines. But maybe you are that accountant who wants to be an actor or that accountant who wants to be a writer. God has given us this this creative urge inside of us. Maybe it's woodworking that you do. We we had a guy at the first service who makes pens. These wooden pens, he sticks them on a lathe out of wood, and they're just beautiful pens that he makes. He sells insurance. We all have this innate creativity inside of us that we've been taught to repress because there's only so many people in this world that are artists. I was uh, a few weeks ago, um, not here for the last corporate worship Sunday, I went down to um, the coast and was in a fishing tournament on Saturday. And uh, as we were leaving Saturday morning, heading out to where we were fishing, it was me and three other guys on this boat. I I took this picture with my phone. Um, So it's not going to be great quality because it was with with my phone. Um, But as we're heading across the bay, we, we see this. We're taken out across, and the sun's coming up. And I turned around to the guys behind me, and I said, if, if you see this and don't believe in God, you're just not getting it. To which they all said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'll stop preaching now and sat back down. 
But I have these moments in my life when I, when I see things like this, and, and trust me, those of you that have been to the coast or have seen a sunrise at all know that this picture doesn't do justice. If you can see the creation of God and not believe in him, then you're not looking. Then you're not getting it. Something is being missed. A couple of years ago in, in 2007, there was a, this guy who, who showed up in one of the subway stations in Washington, D.C. It was one of the busiest stations in, in the D.C. area. And he walked in. He was wearing jeans, sweatshirt, baseball hat, put his violin case down opened it up, took his violin out, left the case open there on the, on the ground, and during the morning rush hour began to play. For 45 minutes he played his violin, and, and during the course of that time, every now and then somebody would stop and listen to him. I think it took three minutes, three or four minutes, before the first person actually stopped and, and listened for a little bit and then hurried off to catch his train. One lady stood at the at the very end of it, and, and applauded a little bit for him when he finally finished. And then she scurried off too. And a couple of people walked by and threw money in. Um, when he was finished playing, he, he took the $32 and, a, and some change that he had accumulated over those 45 minutes, put it into his pocket, put his violin back in, and shut the case. What, what the thousands of people that came and went through that station didn't know is that the night before, this guy, Joshua Bell, had sold out the biggest auditorium in Washington, D.C. at an average $100 a ticket price. The violin that he was playing was worth $3.5 million. And he was playing the most intricate and difficult piece of violin music to play. He is a world-renowned, accomplished violinist. And it was an experiment that he did with the Washington Post to go down there and see what would happen if he played the same thing he did the night before and the reaction that he would get. We're so busy in our lives moving back and forth and doing the things that we have to do that we miss the beauty that is surrounding us. We're so busy in our lives that we rush by this one of the greatest violinists of our age. Where the night before we would have been standing on our feet applauding. How often do we have these moments where we rush by the beauty and the creativity of God because we have other places to be? The next day, Jenna and I took Corbin to the beach. This was his second time to the beach. First time he doesn't remember because he was way too young. Um, but again, this is with my phone, but he was, he was just mesmerized by the waves and the sand. And you know how, when you stand in the water and, and it sucks back and your feet start getting sucked over by the sand and stuff, he was giggling and laughing, having a ball and just loving it. And I love this picture because he just stopped for a moment. All the other pictures I took is like, you know, blurry action shot, but here he just stopped. And it was just like I could hear the wheel turning and the thoughts going through his head. Holy cow, this is awesome. This is nothing like our backyard. (laughs) To think that he wasn't probably going down this road, but to think that God created this just two and a half hours away from my home. Or three, depending on how you drive. 
to think that God cared so much for me that he created this. And then I can drive the other side of Texas and experience this vast thing called Big Bend. If you've ever been there, you can see the finger of God moving through. Amazing, this creative nature that God has, the things that he's done. Look around you at the way that he's created each of us. Wow, God is so creative to create each one of us so differently. And yet sometimes you see somebody and you're like, he looks so much like, but that he's different. What does this mean? What, what do you take from this? What does this mean for you? Second Corinthians chapter five says this. Paul, Paul is talking and, and he's just been talking about accepting Christ. And he goes into verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others by what the world thinks about them. Once I mistakenly thought of Christ that way, as though he were merely a human being, how differently I think about him now. What this means is that those who become Christians become new creations. They are not the same anymore, for the old life is gone. A new life has begun. For those of you who have accepted Jesus Christ in your life, you are no longer who you were. You're a new creation. What you once were is gone. God is continually creating in this world, and he is continually creating in you. If you've come here for any length of time, especially in the past five, six years that I have been here preaching, you have seen that I am not the same person when I first stood up here as pastor. I'm vastly different than I was then. My preaching style, while it is a little similar, is different. I'm not the same person I was. I believed in Christ back then, sure, willing enough so that I gave my life to serve him. But I'm not the same guy I was then. I'm so much more compassionate now than I used to be. Those, those of you who know me are like, really? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, it's, you should have seen me back then. Continually, God is creating something new inside of me. Continually, he's shaping me into the man he longs for me to be. And, and it's through trials and tribulations and suffering and, and, and victories and triumphs and, and being with God and allowing God to unleash this creativeness inside of me. And saying, I, I'm not, ha- I'm, man, he, he knit me together wonderfully and beautifully in my mother's womb. And when I came to the earth, I was his creation. And he's like, but I want you to be here. And so continually, he's shaping me into something new. I, I long to be less like I was yesterday and more like Christ today. creativity of God doesn't stop with the world. It continues inside of us as we unleash the creative power that God has placed inside of us. This is really a spring sermon, isn't it? New life, rebirth, coming of spring. But to, to be quite honest, for those of us in South Texas, this is like spring, isn't it? I mean, What is this wet stuff that's been falling from the sky? This beautiful, glorious rain that we have experienced over the past day or so. It is like spring. The rest of the rest of the country is wrapping things up. They're starting to get ready to see all their trees die and and pull the leaves off. We're we're watching things grow finally. It's like, look, I have to cut my grass. (laughs) Wee. Yesterday. 
was like a rebirth. Football season began. Anybody excited about that? Sitting yesterday just going, yes. Yeah, apparently OU fans aren't in the crowd. It was just an exciting time. School's beginning again. <laughs> that was your son, Stacy. I'm not going to dime out which one it was. All these things, it, it is like a new season of life. And, and for the rest of the world, it's about to experience winter. <laughs> Suckers. This is why we suffer through summer, right? It's to get to this moment. September 1st. Anybody? Opening day. Yes. I know not everybody subscribes to that, but I do. And it's awesome. It's a wonderful time of year. It's a time when we begin to think about things and things start going again. And you start coming back to church because you've been gone all summer. And you're like, where is everybody? And we're so excited about things that are going on. It's this new creation, this new life. What, what I want for all of us is to not stay where we are today. To take these words of Paul, and and when you accept Jesus Christ, you have a new life inside of you. You are a new creation. God has given you this creative spirit deep inside of you that longs to get out. Stop letting the world put these little black lines around it and say, you have to stay in these lines. Because God didn't do that. He created the duck-billed platypus. That is not inside the lines. He led me through Southwest Texas State to this stage preaching his word. That is not inside the lines. You have a new life waiting to spring forth this fall day. Allow it to happen. Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the gift of life that you have given to us. The gift of life that we receive from the death and resurrection of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, place in all of us that fire to no longer be who we once were or even who we are today, but to be more and more like you. Allow us to to let that creative spirit just explode from us that we might bring glory to your name in whatever we do in whatever form it manifests itself god let your name be praised we thank you and praise you in the name of jesus christ amen there'll be prayer on this side of the stage after the service i will be up front as always and i just wanted to encourage you as daryl said earlier Next week, we're going to the Foundry for the Community Sunday, and we really do long for you all to come and to be there, especially at 10 o'clock, to talk to us about what's happening with this W5 project. We have some ideas about where we want to go. Uh, for me, it's been hard. Um, at t- I've, I have loved it, getting to serve, getting to know the people that are here all the time. It has been such a great opportunity to do that. But preaching-wise, it's been hard for me because it's like, go stop, go stop, go stop. I, ha- I find myself not in a rhythm. And so we're trying to figure out how to get back into something to where we are uh, truly being the church Monday through Saturday on Sunday. We get together and praise God for what happened during church that week. So uh, we encourage you to be there at the Foundry next week. We'll see you then.